Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, good morning. Welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online, all of us here. I just, uh, I just felt impressed. That may, you, you ever walk into a place and, and you've been rushing and you got the weight of the world on your shoulders and you really may not want to be here? Uh, and don't raise your hand, but you know what? If, if you're here and, and in, or whatever campus you may be attending and, and you're just like, golly, I, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel, uh, you know, like hearing some message. And I just want you to know God loves you. He's got a plan for you. And whatever weight you carried, I hope that by the end of this service, you'll let him take it, that you'll trade him whatever it is that you've carried in here. Um, you'll just give it to him. If you can't give it away in the sense of it doesn't go away because you're married to it, you know, and sometimes that happens, um, just continually give that to the Lord, whatever that is, financial, health, uh, whatever. Um, but today, three years ago this weekend, Prosper Campus started, third, third birthday. So we want to say we love you, Prosper Campus. Man, so excited. Uh, they laid the foundation concrete uh, this week, so steel hopefully will be going up soon, and uh, we'll be getting a net puppy uh, in the next uh, few some odd days or whatever it is, but we're glad. And then um, also worship night is coming up October the 2nd, so just mark your calendar for that. Um, exciting time. We come together, all campuses coming together here at Frisco East on, on October 2nd, so make sure you do that. Now, uh, our next series, many of you uh, over the years, actually, last few years have, have emailed in, you know, wanting me to do an end times series and a lot of questions about that. So I, I've, we're going to, our next series is going to be about the end times and I'm going to set you guys straight um, from your fear, from your fear mongering. Okay. But before we do that, I want you to text uh, or, or you, can, you can either go to hopefellowship.net slash survey, or you can, I'm gonna leave this up for a minute. Get your phones out, and you can QR code that thing. And I want you to ask your questions, because the last week of this, I'm gonna answer a bunch of questions um, on end times, the book of Revelation, prophecy, and so forth. There's a lot of uh, kooks out there telling us stuff, and I just wanna give us, you know, get us on the, the same page and what does the scripture say, and so forth. So uh, you can take a survey, and you can send in your question, and we'd love to answer those, as many as I can, and uh, get, get squared away. Today, uh, diving in, I got a lot to say today. I'm excited about today in, in this series, The Life You've Always Wanted. Oh, hopefully, trading our dreams for God's dreams for our lives. The reason we're doing this series, I'm going to go over this uh, one last time this week. The reason we're doing this series is we're aligning and spending our lives. So we're trying to align, in other words, get in, get in God's uh, will for our lives, aligning and spending our lives, learning to know God's purpose in every season of our lives. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is where we've been. Let's read it together. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your lives, your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you 
into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So this is where we started week one. We said, let's, okay, so let's start here because this is our goal. We wanna know God's purpose. We wanna know God's plan for our lives. How do we know that? Well, the, you just go up to the passage and here's the outline. He gives it to us, Paul does, plain and simple. First of all, you don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. You, uh, go ahead and put that on there. Number one, you don't copy the, beha- the behaviors and, co- go ahead, there we go. Oh, there we go, there it is. And then you allow God to transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's transformation. You do your part, Holy Spirit does his part, and when we work together, our lives are being transformed, ever transformed. We're not always, uh, we're not, we don't get to a place here where we're complete. We're always being worked on because there's a lot of challenges in life. And then, verse one, we worship. We offer up our lives. We offer up everything we are to truly worship the Lord. So what does that mean? So that's where we've been over the last four weeks. What does it mean to truly worship the Lord? Uh, so I gave you this graphic to hopefully help us understand the areas or categories of our life, our self. We offer up ourselves, lordship and our sin. We spiritually form our lives intentionally and consistently so that we're in alignment. That's how you get in alignment, by the way, is you understand the word, you read the word, you're in communication or fellowship with God, which is just talking to him, letting him talk to you through his word, whispers of the Holy Spirit, spiritual formation. And then we talked about song and the importance of offering him uh, our song, not just corporately, but privately, not just privately, but corporately, and the power and the wonder and the, just the, the, the re- regular understanding of, of what it means to, to practice worshiping the Lord through song. Then we talked about giving uh, last week and money. Talked about how important that is. It's a, one of the biggest areas of our lives. Today, I know it sounds like this is what the whole series has been, but, but I hope that you'll, by the end of this, you'll understand why I'm putting this here, and that is purpose. So in all of these, I just want you to picture we're, we're offering up ourself, everything that we are, our good, the good, bad, and ugly. We're, we're offering him our time with him, our spiritual formation. In other words, we're putting forth an effort. We're working. We're not working for our salvation. That's a totally different concept. We don't do that. Jesus worked so that we wouldn't have to. So, so we're not working for our salvation, working to be uh, uh, um, uh, loved by God. We're already loved by God, but we're working to get into his will and to be transformed. We're offering up as a worship, truly worshiping our song. We're offering up our resources that actually are his. They all come from him. Everything that you have, by the way, I don't know if you know that, but everything you have has come from God. Everything you have has come from God. So don't hold it tightly as if it were yours. Let it go. Obey. Decide. All those things. And then we offer up our purpose. And the reason I say purpose, use this, because we're trying to get to God's purpose, his will. But but the reason I I think this is an important part of this is is because there's a big difference between God's purpose and our purpose. Our purpose, if we just go with that, it's almost a humanistic type of approach to life that, you know, I'm, even as Christians, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
you know, achieve and I'm going to work for my goals and, and hopefully God will be with me. But if he's not, you know, I know, you know, it, it is what it is and common sense and all those things. That's kind of a humanistic approach to life. Even as believers, we can fall into that. So, so you can either offer up God's, your, your life as a purpose to God, or you can do your own thing. That's the, that's the whole idea. So there's a big difference. Now, if, you're, if you had the opportunity to be at our Good Leader Conference, uh, we're going to have another one in the spring sometime. But um, Brad Lominick, who came, he was, he was our primary guest and did a great job, great spirit. He's, he's part of the family now, so he'll be back. Um, but in the Good Leader Conference, that one-day event that we had a couple of weeks ago, he, he kind of gave us an outline for purpose that I'm going to steal from him. Don't tell him. I'm going to steal from him. And, and, and I'm going to give you a much better information than he did. So, so here's, I'm kidding, sort of. Here's, here, as, he, as he described it, purpose, you know, what does purpose really mean? Because I want you to know that purpose is far more than what you do. Purpose is who you are. Hear me out. Identity, who we are. It's our identity, it's our assignment, and it's our calling. Now, I'm going to talk about each of these, and I understand each of these are biblical, but, but I'm not, you know, actually going to a, a, a reference for all three of these. I'm going to take the idea, which I think is, is a great way to understand our purpose in life, and no matter what age, if you're a student in the room, elementary or, or middle school or high school or young adult, college age, if you're in your 20s and 30s and you're starting out your family, your life, your career, or if you're in the mid-season, uh, 40s through 70s, as I get older, the mid-season changes <laughs> a little bit, or then you're in your wisdom se- uh, uh, season, whatever. Um, identity, assignment, and calling. So let me just use this as an outline uh, to understand what it is or how it is that we offer up this purpose to the Lord our purpose. So let's start with identity. And let me just give you my thought about identity. And and because I think this is important. Understanding your identity is, I think, the key and the foundation for understanding your purpose. Your identity, first of all, is in Christ. Lordship, we already talked about that, but I'm going to talk about it again. And then in the body. Our identity is with the body of Christ, and that is our service. Before you are white, before you are black, before you are Hispanic, before you are Asian, before you are whatever it is that you are, whatever country you come from, you are, as a believer, your, your identity, first and foremost, is in Christ and his body. And then your identity, wherever you come from, whatever language you speak, whatever culture you come from, whatever skin color you are, it flows from this right here. And if we in the body of Christ could understand that, we would walk in so much more unity, so much more understanding of each other and love and appreciation for each other. Identity, though, let's start with this. Christ is lordship, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17. We, a lot of us know this verse. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. You have become, if you're a believer in Christ, you have become a new person. Your identity, what you were, sinner, what you were, heathen, what you were, adulterer, what you were, greed monger, whatever it is, 
you've changed. And your identity now belongs to Christ and it become, you become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. If you and I don't understand this, don't understand the foundation of our identity and you go off of your country or your color or your culture, you are getting it backwards and you are actually putting an idol before the Lord. It is our identity in Christ that forms and founds us. It is our foundation. We are a new person because of Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, when it comes to the body, it says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. So he's talking about identity here. But we have all been baptized, but... But, no matter what your identity is or was, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit and we all share the same spirit. So this speaks of, this speaks of our identity in the body of Christ, that we are not just an island, we are not just me, it is not just me against the world or isolated, we are a part of a larger purpose our identity is in the body of Christ. It is in Christ, and it is with the body of Christ. In Christ and the body of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says it like this. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. That's a word for some of you, right? Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to one another. So let me put it on the screen like this, just to round this identity thing up. A big part of our purpose is our commitment to the lordship of Jesus and our commitment to serving his body, the family of God. Now, to me, this is non-negotiable. This is a part, and I know you may not disagree with me, and you can disagree with me. I think everybody should be involved in serving the body somewhere, somehow. I think you should be in service here at Hope. I think you should do something. I think everyone, and this is a part of who you are. And if it's not here at Hope, you're serving the larger body in some way, but you and I are serving each other as a part of the family of God. It's a part of our identity. It's a part of who we are. So I encourage you. I don't, listen, I'm not, this is not a promo for recruitment. This is simply for you. It is for you, for us as believers to understand you can't understand your total purpose if you don't understand identity. And your identity is in Christ and his body. First and foremost, that's what, and we serve one another. So that's why when you and I serve one another, when I, when I listen, I've been to New York countless times with the New York City relief bus. I've been all over the world. I've been, I've been in LA, I've been in Dallas, I've been in wherever, and then Moscow and London and Paris, all these areas, Africa. Love serving. And when you go and serve someone outside of your context, whatever the color of the skin, doesn't matter. It makes absolutely no difference. It doesn't matter what language they speak because we are serving. So when you understand identity that we are first, 
identify with Christ. And when you are identified identify with Christ, you are identified with his body. Whether you like it or not, some of you are embarrassed sometimes because the body of Christ acts the way it does. I am too. That's why I speak the way I speak because I don't like some of the things that we put on social media. I don't like some of the ways in which we treat people as the body of Christ. I don't like it. I think it's embarrassing. However, we are a part of it, right? You ever have that, 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 that crazy uncle, that, that crazy cousin, and it's part of your family, and you're like, oh my goodness, I gotta go to the wedding, and they're gonna be there. Just part of the family of God, right? And we sharpen one another and so forth. Okay, so assignment. Let me read that again, because I went off on a tangent there. No, go back, Chrissy. Go back to the, the, the statement I made before there. A big part of our purpose is our commitment to lordship, right here, and our commitment to serving his body. Man, that's a part of, big part of your identity. And we offer up our identity. We say yes, and we offer that up to the Lord. Now, the second part of purpose is assignment. Assignment. What have you been assigned to do? What season of life are you in? This has a lot to do with assignment. Let me put it on the screen like this. What, maybe right now you're a husband. And that's your assignment. It's not all your assignment, but, but maybe you're a husband right now. And this is going to make sense in a minute, so stay with me. Maybe you are a wife. That's your assignment. Maybe you are a father. That's your assignment. Maybe you're a mother. Maybe you're a student. Maybe you have a career. Now, I'm not saying this is all there is to assignment, but this, these are the big ones. Maybe you're a husband, maybe you're a wife, maybe you're a father, maybe you're a mother, maybe you're a student, maybe you're a career. So this, this has to do with your assignment, your season of life. Now, I'm not saying you like it. I'm not saying that you are, you know, um, let's, let's talk about career. I'm not saying that you are just doing what you love and you go to work every day on cloud nine. Okay, and that's not what I'm saying, but it is your assignment right now. Maybe you're a student and going to school is not your idea of purpose. Okay, I understand that, but that's your assignment. You are at the school you are in. Right now, you are at that school on assignment. You are a husband. That is your assignment from God. You have been given a gift, and, and you are assigned as a husband. You are assigned as a wife. Maybe you haven't been given a gift, but you are assigned. Does it make sense? Okay, father, mother, all those things. Okay, so let me, so in light of, uh, your season of assignment. And let me read Colossians chapter three, and I, this puts it all together. Colossians chapter three, verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands. How many think I should read that again? Okay. Wives, submit to your husbands as fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. So which is, which is harder, submission or love? Which has more responsibility? Love. As, as Christ loves the church, Ephesians. Husbands, love your wives. So if you ever thought that, man, husbands got it easy. No, our responsibility is to sacrifice, is to love like Jesus loved the church. And when you love your wife like Jesus loves the church, it is much easier for her to get along with you. Does, you know, does that make sense? Much easier. When you are a jerk, like I have never been, so I can't even relate. But if you, if you are, anyway, all right, let's go. 
So husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Children, students, obey, always obey your parents. How many want me to repeat that again? Yeah, children, always obey your parents for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or mothers as well. They will become discouraged. Slaves, a better word to say is just workers and, and employees. Obey, that was their culture. Obey your, your earthly masters in everything you do. Try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. Serve them sincerely because you are you have because of your reverent fear of the Lord. Work willingly. So whether you're a, a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a student, a worker, work willingly at whatever you do. Whatever your assignment is, you work willingly as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is really Christ. This, this is huge. That, that in your assignment, now you may not like your job. You may, not, you may not have to stay at your job, but that is your assignment. And there's a reason why you're there. And I don't know why it's there, but you're, there's a reason why you're there. Because you're on assignment from the Lord. There's a reason why you're at your school, your college. There's a reason why you're married to that person. You are on assignment. There's a reason why you live in your neighborhood. You're on assignment. You have an, an assignment. So let me put it on the screen like this to wrap up assignment. Our assignment is a gift from God. Everybody say that with me. Our assignment is a gift. It, your job. How many thank God you have a job? Right? I mean, we are on assignment. We have a gift that we offer to him. So our assignment, Lord, I, am, I have this job and I have this class and I have this college and I have this wife and I have this, these children and I have these parents and I offer, I offer my assignment as a student, as a father, as a mother, as a husband, as a wife, as a career, as a worker. I offer this up to you. And we offer to him as a part of our worship, stewarding this gift for his glory and for our benefit. When you work as unto the Lord, it is for your benefit. When you are faithful in work, even when they're not watching, it is for your and my benefit. Does that make sense? So you're, you're getting your income. You're gathering your income. You're supplying or, or providing for your family because of the gift of your assignment that God has given you. Now, speaking of stewardship, let me go to the last part of our purpose. You get identity. You got, you got our assignment. And then number three, you got our calling. Now, many of us are blessed enough to, to mix the assignment and the calling. Many of you are doing right now what you love. Now, it doesn't mean that every day is awesome. It just means that you are doing, you're getting to do what you are passionate about as an assignment. Now, you may, you know, be making whittles. You're whittling stuff, and, and you don't like it, but that's your assignment. We'll do it as unto the Lord. Some of you love whittling, and you love what you're doing, and it is your passion and it is a part of your calling. It doesn't make sense that you get to do that together. Our calling, let me give you my definition. I love making up definitions because it helps me. Here's my definition of calling. A short-term or long-term assignment. Okay, so we're, uh, these, all, these are all kind of interchangeable. A short-term or long-term assignment from God that we carefully and obediently steward using our passions, our gifts, and our time for good in this world and for God's glory. I get to do 
as an assignment my calling. I love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do. You think I'm passionate about motorcycles, and I am. I love riding. But I'm more passionate about what I get to do here at Hope. And I get to see what God is doing in our city and and around the world through Hope and through many other churches that are awesome in this area. I get to do what I am assigned to do as a calling, and and it is awesome, man. You may not get to do that, and that's okay. You find your calling. Your calling may not be your assignment, in a sense, you have an assignment and you're doing what you need to do. Does it make sense? Because I, I think it's important to understand that my dad was born in 38 and right out of the depression. And so his parents, poor as can be, poor as can be. So you have to understand that in different seasons of time, this all looks different. Because when, during the 30s, if you had a job, I mean paying whatever it was, you were grateful you, you, it, wasn't, it wasn't about, well, this isn't my purpose, so I'm not going to do it. No, 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 no. You did whatever you needed to do to supply for your family. Does that make sense what I'm saying? So, so this, I, I don't want to pigeonhole this into our culture in the American dream segment uh, from 19, let's say 50 to now, where it's just kind of been up and to the right, income, uh, you know, money, and all those things. It's just like we have more of it, more of it, more of it, and has it made us any happier? Debatable, but the reality is our calling, if we, get to, if we get to do this as a living and as assignment, man, use it, steward it for his glory in this world. Now, if you are a construction worker and, and you own your own business and, and that's what you do, and it may not be what you wanna do not all the time, it's not like, man, if I could do something else, I would do it, but it's what I'm doing right now. Well, do it for his glory. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're, let's say you're, let's say you're a musician and you don't sing worship music, you don't sing Christian music, but you, you write songs and, and you sing songs of life and love and so forth. And, and you're like, well, well, that's not really, I don't know how I can use that for God's glory. No, 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 you can use it for God's glory. Everything can be used for God's glory. You just, you, you say, this is my calling, this is what I feel called to do. Well, for good in this world and for God's glory. Roger Federer, he's, he just retired from tennis. He's one of my favorite athletes in the world, uh, not just because of his ability, but because of, of, of how he lives his life and how he's approached the, the personal side as well as the, the, uh, the public side. Anyway, um, this guy has used his calling. I'm just using him as an example. I don't know that he's a believer, but he's used his calling for good in this world because he goes to and does all kinds of work in, in countries that are less fortunate to help them, to encourage them, to feed them, to school them, to help them get education. So does that make sense? His tennis is, is, is a way to give glory to God. I'm not saying he's a Christian, but I'm just saying that's a way. So whatever it is that you do, you can do it for the glory of God. Now, let me, Matthew chapter 25, important part of stewarding, because this is a thing that we steward. We steward our calling. Whatever that is. Now, you may work construction, but your passion is student ministry. Let's just say. You love working with students. You're a realtor, but you love working with women and abuse that women that have been abused. You are a businesswoman, but you love working with children. Does it make sense what I'm saying? 
your, you, your, your business, and it, you know, you like it, it's fine, but it's not your passion. Your calling, whatever you do over here, you find that out. Whatever it is, and you say, maybe you like animals. Maybe you like, you know, working with animals and training horses or, or training dogs, or you like working at SPC. That's a passion of yours. You can do good for the world and give God glory while you're doing it. That's your passion. Yeah, you work at 7-Eleven, but your passion is animals. Does this make sense? I'm hoping I'm making sense. Okay, so the short-term or long-term assignment, it must be stewarded. Whatever it is that your passion is, your giftings, your talent, whatever it is that you're, you feel called to do, we steward it as unto the Lord. Matthew 25, Jesus tells this story, which helps us, helps us understand this idea of stewardship. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to the other, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he'd entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more. And said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. He doubled what he had been given. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will uh, give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came, came and, and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with 10 bags of silver, to those, listen to this, to those who use well what they are given. Even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. When we started Hope uh, 20, almost 23 years ago, January 9th, 2000, two other churches started the same day that we started. So three churches in Frisco. When I moved to Frisco, there were 24,000 people. Three, three churches started the same day. I wish I could tell you I was excited for the kingdom of God, right? And I know I may have told you the story. Maybe you remember it. I wish I could tell you that I was more mature and I was really excited, but I was like, what? Who are they? What are they doing? What is, what's going, this is my city. Okay, that's, you know, that kind of weird pastor thing. Two other churches started. I knew one of them. The other one I didn't know, but I knew one of them. And so the first week of our church, we had 53 people. 
uh, $3,000 in the offering with 50, and 50 people includes all the children in the, all the classrooms, the cats that were around the building, you know, whoever we could count. That, that, was, that was all the, the people that came. And I, I mean, I moved here December the 18th, 99, and three weeks later, we started the church. I didn't know one soul in the city, not one. Not the way to plant a church. I, I, I know better now, but I didn't know any better then. Put up a banner on a Saturday outside of Hillcrest Day School, which is now called something else right there on College and Hillcrest. Put up a banner saying, Hope Fellowship, Sunday service, 10 o'clock a.m., and we have 53 people come. Ex- excited. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we were like, oh, man, we, we didn't send out a mailer. We, I mean, we didn't do anything. We just, God is with us. The next Saturday, okay, so we're setting up on a Saturday night. We, we were able to get on on Saturday night so that we, Sunday would be ready. We get there. We mop the floors. We, we did change everything, set up the speakers, set up the chairs. Saturday night, we're doing that. And the guy that started the church the same day we did last week drove in. He saw us setting up and drove in, called me over. Hey, John, man, how did it go last Sunday? How many did you have? And I said, 53. Oh, good. What was the offering? $3,000. Pastors ask those crazy questions, okay? (laughs) Stupid. So I said, well, how did it go for you guys? And he said, we had 878. (laughs) I'm not a fighter. You know, I don't, I don't, but I wanted to hit him. I really wanted to reach through that Suburban and just break his nose and just say, you, you drove in here just to tell me that, didn't you? You, come here. No. And what was the offering? $100,000. Oh, praise the Lord. I gotta go, I gotta go work. I gotta get back here. True story. True story. No exaggeration. True story. Now, the first week, we were excited. God is with us. The second week, that Saturday night, from that, from that moment all week, I was discouraged. I was like, really? This is ridiculous. Seriously, I'm talking to the Lord like this. I went, I went out to a little uh, pond. We lived on a golf course plantation over here. And I set my little, my little chair out there and I had my Bible and my journal, and I was talking to the Lord. And I was like, you know what? I didn't want to come to Frisco anyway. Seriously, I, I, mean, I wanted to go to McKinney. McKinney was where I thought we would go. And there was more growth there. There's downtown is cool. You know, I was like, man, let's go to McKinney. And, and we ended up in Frisco. And so that first week, I'm, I'm talking to the Lord going, man, I, I, I don't like this. I, said, I told you. I told you. And you know what? He took me to Matthew 25. And those, I didn't, he didn't audibly speak, but there was like, there was like as I was reading, he, it was like there was this, John, it's not up to you what you've been given. It's up to you to steward what you've been given. And many of you look at other people that do crazy great things for God, crazy great things in life, and you think, must be nice. God really blessed them. Man, must be. And you come, you're like the one bagger like I was. I was like the one bagger looking at the guy with two or five. And I was like, man, that's not fair. And the Lord just spoke in, in my heart. It's not up to you what you've been given. It's up to you to steward what you've been given. And can I tell you, I am so glad that I did not give up. I am so glad. I had no idea what God was going to do 
here at Hope Fellowship. I had no, I couldn't see that. You, you, I, you could have bet me a million dollars, actually a hundred million dollars. And I would have said, no, no, that's, that's not going to be hope. I, I, I mean, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that prideful. I don't think that would, does that make sense what I'm saying? I mean, I just never thought hope would be what it is. And it's not the greatest church. It's a great church, but there's other great churches and bigger churches and so forth. What I'm saying is, I, I, I had a tendency to just look at somebody else's gift and calling and compare it to mine. And I'm just going to tell you something, guys. You'll always lose. When you compare what you don't know about somebody else to what you do know about yourself, you lose every time. You look at another marriage. You look at another business. You look at another home. You look at another car. You'll always lose. Guys, when, you wanna, when we want to find our purpose... When we want to find our purpose, and let me just remind you of the calling real quick. It's a short-term or long-term assignment from God that we carefully and obediently steward. Now, we may not be doing this as a job. It just may be our passion. Okay, it just makes sense. Not our assignment. It's our calling. Obediently steward using our passions, gifts, and time for good in this world and for God's glory. So let me put it on the screen like this. Identity plus assignment plus calling equals purpose. When you put those all together, when you put those all together, when you understand your identity in Christ and with his body, when you understand that the assignment that you've been given, whatever that season is and whatever that assignment is, is a gift from God, and you understand that your passion and your calling that God's put on your life to do A, B, or C is from God as well, and you steward that as well. But when you put these all together, guys, it's not just what we do. It's who we are, that we realize our purpose. That's how we learn to know God's good and pleasing and perfect will. That we understand that our identity, we all share. As a believer in Christ, we all share that. Simon is gonna be different. Calling is gonna be different. We offer these. Let me put, let me put the, the worship cycle or the life of a worship, of, of worship, true worship on. When we offer all of these, when we offer all of these to the Lord and say, Lord, this, these are yours. These are yours. I give them to you. That's true worship. In my opinion, that's true worship. This is how we truly worship the Lord. And many of you want to pick one. I'll, I'll give him my purpose or I'll give him some time or I'll give him my song, but I'm not going to give him my giving. Many of you say, I'm going to give him my money, but I'm not going to give him my song. I don't like singing. I'm not going to give him my purpose, whatever. No, no, no. You want to truly worship the Lord? The least that we could do is offer up our lives, Paul says. So you want to learn? You want to align? You want to learn to know God's will in every season of our lives? Let me put that on the screen. Just to remind you, the reason why we're doing this is we're aligning and spending our lives, learning to know God's purpose in every season of our lives. It, it's just, it, it, there is no easy way to do this except the hard work of offering each and every area of our life to him. I love you and I want God's best for you. Some of you have a calling and you are not using that calling. You're not, you're not, you feel like it's, well, it's not, it's not like yours, John. Or it's not like Terry's or, or it's not like, Mike's over at Prosper. It's not like Eric's or it's not like whoever, right? It, 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 guys, no matter. Use. You're not going to live your purpose. 
unless you're offering your identity and your assignment and your calling up all together and say, God, this is my purpose because it's who you are. That's how you learn. That's how you align. So Lord, I pray for my friends. I pray for all of us in this room that, that are struggling with, you know, how, what, is, what is my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. God, I pray that you would help us to discern, help us to think about it, help us to pray and, and ask you, Lord, how could I know? I know my assignment. That's what I'm doing right now. But what is my purpose? I know my purpose, but I'm not sure my identity. Father, would you put it all together for us in our hearts? And as we close this series out, we just offer it up as a worship. Lord, take our lives, a living sacrifice. We offer it up to you. In our hearts right now, I pray that every believer would be able to say, in every area of my life, I want to truly worship you. Take my life. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Hope's Weekend Message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.